Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's it, there's a new member of the final. Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, what was that? That was the opening of my drink for today's episode. We is a celebratory episode. And I'll tell you why here in a little bit. But next up, we got Miss Girl Power herself. That is Kenzie Garcia. What's up, Ken? What's going on, Albie? I'm excited to be back for another pod. Excited to celebrate 100 episodes, and we're popping bottles over here. Like I got, I got a whole boom, popping champagne. <laughs> that was nice. Dang. That was nice. Yeah, and then also you already heard him a little bit. It is the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? I'm so sad I'm going third. <laughs> oh, last no, bottle. I, I, I completely forgot. Sorry. I completely forgot Kenzie had the bottle. <laughs> so I, I definitely should have had her go loud. That's but, okay. Sorry, Jeremy. I it's have a respectable. Of, let's, come on, microphone. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> It'll taste better than it sounded, people. So happy to be here. Can 100 add in a sound of Eppies. <laughs> Yeah, Dylan, go back and yeah, that's right. Amplify this that. This is our hundredth episode. Dylan Smythe isn't isn't uh, on this podcast, but he is producing as always. He's our producer extraordinaire, um, and this is a hundred episodes. We a hundred episodes ago, almost a year ago, we decided to leave our former home that, uh, with SB Nation. We decided, you know, we're going to go on our own, go out on a limb, and we're going to have our own podcast. And through that time, we we've been with Guns Up Nation. Now we're with. 1012 podcast, but this past year, uh, 1012 network, this past year has been absolutely incredible. It's been great. And we are now 100 episodes in as Tortillas and Takes. And with that, we would not all be Texas Tech grads. This would not be the Tortillas and Takes podcast if we did not down the drinks that you just heard us open. <laughs> so, guys, cheers, bottles up. <laughs> ah, yes. Like proper Red Raiders. Alrighty. That's right. And it's funny. We all have different drinks. 
So Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy drinking Yangling, which I just found out they're selling in Texas, which is a pretty big We're thing. Thankful. I don't know why they weren't selling in Texas before, but I guess Shiner was trying to yeah. cuck the market. Not sure. Oh, actually, I think you're right. I actually think you're right. Uh, Kenzie, you got the champagne. You you did it right. It's uh, what's the what's the brand? Isn't it that? Um, uh, I've got the Black Girl Magic, the McBride Sisters champagne. It's it's banging. Yeah, it's a celebration. You have to have champagne, right? That's right. That's right. Rick James said it best. Um, technically, this was uh, Dave Chappelle as Rick James, but anyways, um, and I. I don't even like seltzers like that, but this Michelob Ultra Seltzer is actually fantastic. Jeremy's making fun of me for drinking the other day. <laughs> this thing is delicious. I got this is the peach pear. This thing is delicious. Okay? So now we have a I'm not, I'm not a white claw guy. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a white claw guy. I'm not a seltzer person, but I do. I this is the, this is the first seltzer I think I've ever like purchased. Like as far as like box of per- seltzer at a grocery store, but this Michelob Ultra Seltzer is pretty great and if you are yangling or if you are a rep from yangling Michelob ultra or black girl magic you listen to the podcast sponsor us because we just gave you your only free ad for three yeah that's it that's it the first one Uh, pick your ipa (laughs) that's that's right as much as i make fun of jeremy for being a hipster dylan is a legit hipster I, i just do it to get on jeremy's nerves dylan is absolutely as hipster as they come he absolutely drinks ipas he absolutely has long hair he got it all. Um, and so who else has it all? The Texas Tech Red Raider basketball team, because they're undefeated at home, baby. 18-0 in the USA, the first undefeated home season in Texas Tech Red Raider men's basketball history. Just an incredible accomplishment. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing that this team, the first season in Mark Adams' career as a head coach in, in, in big, big-time basketball and power, power conference basketball, but he was able to lead a team to an undefeated home record. But as great as it is for Mark Adams, as great as it is for this basketball team, I think this is just as much the home crowd. Best home court advantage of, uh, in the country. Kenzie, what do you think about this team and really this home crowd fan base? I think it's, it's you just look at the pictures and the videos and the things that you see from tech social that is off the court. And like you can just tell that this team has it. And I think that, you know, skill and teamwork and, you know, blah, 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 that, that's vital to winning a championship. But something about that off the court bond can go a long way. And it feels like this team is special. It feels like that Final Four team, except a little bit closer. Absolutely. I mean, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. They are close. And I think a lot of it has to do with also not just how close they are, but they're they're older, right? Um, shout out to RC Maxfield, who's brought up that Marcus Santos Silva and Devin Booker less than a year apart. And Devin Booker's been in the league for seven years. Um, but then I, I, and we, it was all jokes, but I think it does bring a good point to that. These, these are all vets, right? Davion Warren, I think, just turned 23. Uh, Adonis Arms is, I think, also 23. Like, these guys are older. And so because they're older, these are all guys from Walk of Life that they're ready just to play big-time basketball, and nothing's going to stand in their way to do it, right? Uh, the 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 I mean, Fran Fraschella likes talking about the Adonis Arms story every single time he gets because it's an incredible story. We talked about it when he was a guest on our podcast about his story from JUCO to D2 to, to low D1, and now he's playing Power 5 basketball. Davion Warren was playing at Hampton last year. Like, it's it's an incredible story. And I think that – I think the reason why they're so close is because they all come from different – uh, they've they've grinded to get to this point. 
I mean, Jeremy, what do you think of the team? I mean, we're talking about the grind, right? And you talk about uh, we in the apps is 100 episodes in. Um, <clears throat> at the beginning of this, it was, I don't know what's going to happen next. But we had to figure out who we were going to be, and we had to figure out a brand of basketball. And Mark Adams leaned into his defense and leaned into um, bringing the right people in. Corey Williams, Talman Hester, um, Bear Peary, and a host of others. Um, some some new faces, some familiar faces. And he got a team to buy in. And like you said, I mean, a bunch of older guys who have played at other schools, have a lot of experience elsewhere, but are at that point in their life where they're thinking, I'm ready just to do this. And it doesn't matter how big the stage is. And they have just shown up. And albeit some games have been more, more hard than others, but they have just shown up every night. Like nobody's looking at Texas Tech and saying, this is not a team that just like doesn't fight. Like if they're losing, they don't fight. We've been losing a lot at the beginning of the half, at the beginning of the second half of the season. And this is a team that fights to get wins. I mean, 23 and seven, you don't look at a team like this after the destruction that we had in the off season and say, ah, well, they were primed for this. No, this was, this was a rebuilt program with purpose and with power. And I think that they, with personal relationship, They've also brought a level of like professionalism from every different walks of life. We we were Adonis Arms Hive before every, before anybody else was. We were Arms Hive, um, and uh, I actually have a funny story I'm gonna say really quick. The other day uh, we got back from the game, Kansas State game, and my wife says, uh, "Man, that Adonis Arms guy like he just keeps fighting. Like he, you know, he was missing so many buckets, but he just kept going for it. Like I respect that." And I was like, yeah, like that's definitely his character. He's like, man, I, she's like, I wish I just knew more about what was in his head. And I said, you know what's funny is that we <laughs> did an interview with this guy. And she's like, are you serious? He's like, thank you for listening. Um, yeah, go check it out. <laughs> oh, damn. Can't even get support. Thanks, Can't even get hometown support. Um, but she goes, back and li- she goes back and listens and, yeah, keys in on the big characteristics. Just in humility and an absolute willingness to work. And that's what really defines this team is like recognizing that they have places to grow and going out, trusting Adams, trusting each other and making it happen. And that is what's made this team special. 2019 was special. This team is also special. We can separate the two and appreciate them for both what for what they were. I'd like this team a little bit better because from top to bottom, very special. It's okay, Jeremy. Out of all of our spouses, I'm pretty sure Candy is actually the only one that actually that only well, is the only one that actually yeah, listens exactly <laughs> to the podcast. And I kudos to <laughs> kudos to her, Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so no, I think y'all all hit the hit the nail on the head. This team is a special team. I've already said it a couple times. This is probably, regardless of how the season turns out, my favorite Texas Tech team of all time. Um, it's just it's just been an incredible year. And so with that, main reason why they were able to finish the season undefeated is because they are undefeated at home. They beat Kansas State 73 to 68 in a game that was too close for comfort. Right? Second game in a row, the Texas Tech has an eight-point lead at halftime. And second game in a row where the second half is a little rough. A little rough. Kansas State is fighting tooth and nail. But the only difference between this game and the last game we played at TCU is that. Tech was able to make the winning plays. In the end, they weren't able to make against TCU. So uh, what was the main thing that stood out for you in this game, Kenzie? I mean, I think you know, I'm, Jeremy's going to call me out on this. I know he's going to do it. But Davion Warren. I mean, without Davion Warren in this game, this would have been Oklahoma on the road all over again. Like, 
it's it was just it would some of the rotations that were out there just the way that the perimeter defense was and Kansas State was just hitting everything it was just like it was so stressful and it felt like it was spiraling but Damian Warren kind of kept the equilibrium let me tell you something so shout let out me, to Mark Adams no let me for, let me tell you something right? we'll shout out Mark Adams in a second uh, it, nobody has to suffer this the way that we have to suffer this every game day. Damian Warren will take a shot and miss. And the first shot, the first miss he has, Kinsey will fly into the chat and go, SOP, why? <laughs> Damian Warren! <laughs> and we all Listen, just sit there and take it. The problem, it's not, it's not the whole game himself. What happens is, is that it's, you guys know me. I'm very reactionary and I'm in the moment. So what happens is, He'll jack up like a crazy contested three. Then he'll get mad that he missed that three, commit a stupid foul, and then he'll turn the ball over on the next possession. And I'm mad because he had a bad like 60 seconds, but it doesn't matter because he'll play. Because he has 30 more many scenarios. Minutes, so. Well, I'll say this. Brain. Davion, Davion Warren at the beginning of the year was one of our best offensive players. Like he was a, from the beginning of the year. Remember, there was talks from the, the, the tech players saying that he, he, he was that the guy. guy that was like the most quote unquote NBA ready. He was like he was the one that was getting in, in practice that was just killing everything. Then we had a little bit of middle where a lot of what Kenzie said was true, right? He was very I mean, you're talking about you being reactionary, he was reactionary, right? If he he kind of had a, that big shooting slump for a, a while. Last two games though, he's been on it. He's really starting to hit his stride lately and becoming that guy that we saw at the beginning of the year. And he went nine for eleven in this game. If Davion Warren is in a situation where he's going nine for eleven, he had a couple a couple uh situations. That mid-range was just working for him. And a part of me is like, man, why haven't you been going to this all year? That top of the key has been open for you all season. And the last two games, he's really been hitting. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if one of the coaches told him that. Like, bro, what, where have you been at in this in this a- aspect of your game? You just haven't been going a year. You just keep you need to keep going to it. So, you know, I we, we do I will say this. Our tortillas and takes chat is for what you talk about. We, we make takes on this podcast. We, we do wow. It's a train wreck. It is a train wreck. It's a big filter. It's for it's our eyes filter. only. In, in, our, in our chat, we say the wild takes we don't actually want to put out elsewhere because we know we're being crazy and wild. You know what? I'll go ahead and say the take that I said the other day that had me on, on, no. on the front. Tech, tech was down in Kent State baseball, and I was like, you know what? This team just ain't got it. They just ain't got it. And then they put up like four runs like right after it's that too and won soon. the game, and they've won every game since. It's volleyball all over. <laughs> That's why you put it in the chat first. That's why you put in the chat Yeah, so our, our, our TNT chat is way wilder than like, like – I feel like most people like come to Twitter and they're like, man, that Kenzie, Albie, Jeremy, man, they're really like – they have good, res- responsible, respectable takes. That's because all of our wild stuff is in the chat. It's like Y'all don't even the know. chat's the Brita filter. <laughs> what comes out at the end is what we usually tweet. <laughs> it's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. So, uh, no, I think that the shout-out to David Warren was great. Bryce Williams, of course, again, another amazing game. That's what he does every game. Every game, he's the guy that's like, hey, don't worry about me. I'm going to get mine. We just need y'all, y'all to get yours. Uh, but I did want to shout-out Mark Adams. All five seniors got the start. Marcus Santos Silva, this was his first start of the year. Excuse me. And so he he got the start, and all five seniors got the start in this game. And they played starting minutes for the most part. I mean, Santos Silva had 14 minutes. But it wasn't a situation where it's like, oh, we're going to have Santos Silva out there for a minute and bring him in. Like, no, he he he, he played considerably in this game. So, um, but uh, I will say this, I, we, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Tech, tech fans were not happy after the game, though. 
They were not happy. There was a, a few spaces that were pretty upset, pretty mad. Um, a lot of fans were pretty mad. And, and this is a very, you know, our fan base ain't one to just, you know, uh, take our ball and go home. Right? We, we, it's got to be an issue. Uh, but is there is there really? I mean, the main complaint here is that the offense seemed to struggle in the second half. Now, I will say this. We put up 34 points in the second half. We scored 73 points total in this game. This was not the same second half we saw against TCU, in my opinion. I think it was a little overreactionary as far as some of the, the commentary after the game. Like this, the, the the second half in the game itself wasn't as bad offensively as I think everybody's making it out to be. But maybe I'm wild. Jeremy, I mean, what do you think? Uh, you know, I didn't leave the arena upset that we got the win. First of all, the fact that we got the win was big because it was playing out very similar to a TCU scenario where we're going up uh, at the half, you know, we've got momentum and it just dwindles away and you feel like, oh, I don't understand what's happening. I mean, T- uh, <clears throat> TCU had some, uh, and the, so let's, let's just pause for one half of a second and say that TCU is a lot stronger than everybody gave them credit for because <laughs> uh, right now they're up on Kansas uh, with seven minutes or 7.58 left in their game. Could sweep Kansas? My, is that going to Mind you, just, 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 so y'all, yeah, just so y'all know when we're recording, they've already beaten Kansas. Yeah. This, is, this is their second of the back-to-back, which, mind you, was supposed to be murderous row. Like, TCU were like, oh, man, TCU got Tech and then Kansas twice, West Virginia. They can't win any of those games. Uh-oh, oh, little man. did we know. Little did we know. <laughs> um, but that game aside, you know, this was a little different because we're at home. The home court advantage was real. Uh, it's extremely loud in there. I, I love it so much. But at the same time, boy, the people around me can really clap. I left with a headache. Um, <laughs> but Kansas State, like, they start – I mean, they wanted the they wanted the win, right? You got Selton Miguel going off. You got Nigel Pack showing up in the in, late in the second – you got Smith. You got my girl being unreasonably good. Masood is a really good matchup against Bryson uh, Williams, which I think was a really good thing for him going as we like get closer to the tournament. Like somebody who matched up well against him, you know, how do you navigate that? Like Kansas State was playing really well. Uh, and again, this is a whole Big 12 thing of like, you can't doubt any team. Everybody doubt TCU. Gambling Gauchos made this big joke about TCU's the worst team in conference. And now they've got two top, they've got two top 25 wins or might have another one tonight. And they could finish off against a win again. They could go four and zero at the at the end of the at the end of the conference uh, season. And so, ooh. but the, the the big thing for this game is that you know we responded. Unlike in TCU where we were just getting it handed to us, I think we were able to have appropriate timeouts. We were we were able to rebound together. And because it was senior night, there was just so much more. I think in the TCU game, you saw a lot of abrasion between players. And the Kansas State game, at least from my perspective in the arena, there was a lot more talking and like constructive building up like, hey, we have to take care of this together. And I think that paid dividends, especially in the end, um, with huge defensive stops to seal out that win. Absolutely. I mean, the defense was still there, right? Like that's that's the thing is we talk all this, this, that and the other about the the offense, but the defense was still there. But I'll say this, though the defense was still there, K-State was making shots. Mike McGurl, oh my goodness. He was making shots. We couldn't get rid of him. I mean, Nigel Pack didn't have the best offensive game, and, and we usually do, we usually do do a pretty good job of of calming down that that star player. But McGurl, just like he killed us in the first game we played Kansas State, was killing us again in this one. Uh, Kenzie, what, what's your main takeaway from this one? Well, first off, I'll say that the most f bombs per capita in America being said at one time was in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex and RC Max Field in that space after the game. I've never heard so many f bombs in my life. I love RC. I love the spirit, but 
that was that was definitely a space if you were in it about Kansas State. I mean, this is a team that's like one, two, three, four, five, six, six games. There were five points, six games, five points or less that they've lost in conference that could have them at 20 wins right now. They're that close to 20 wins. This team is not a joke. This team is good. It's just it's a gauntlet. This this conference cannibalizes itself. So I understand the like aggressive reaction. I know that people kind of wanted to have this as be like a revenge game and they were going to pound Kansas State. But this team's good and they don't they don't care. They just showed up and played and they were just going to ball out. And that's what they did. So I get the reaction, but I think people need to understand Kansas State's a little bit legit. Not just that. I, I, I think one thing is this team really needs Kevin McCullough back. Um, we, we've forgotten. Kevin McCullough hasn't played in the last few games. He's still having the, uh, uh, knee injury, knee problems. And Daniel Bacho isn't playing too. And I think we need both of them, right? This team doesn't really have a run protector if Daniel Bacho isn't playing in the game. Neither Marcus Santos Silva or Bryson Williams are that type of defensive player. Excuse me. And so missing those two guys, I, I do think that puts another layer to it. I think if we had a Kevin McCullough in the TCU game, we'd probably win that game. Um, this game is probably not as much of a, of a defensive or of an offensive issue in the second half with Kevin McCullough, right? Kevin McCullough is our best point guard. And, and we, everybody always talks about how we don't have a true point guard, this, that, and the other. Listen, Kevin McCullough is that guy. I think he calms things down. I think he's he's kind of your best. As the worst can work, he's our best ball handler. And so I think that's I, – I think we have to remember that. If we can get either of these two guys in the for the Big 12 tournament, yeah, we, we have a shot at winning the Big 12 tournament. But at the very least, giving them warmed up for the big show in March, I think will be huge. And I, I think we're just forgetting that, the fact that these are two guys – with that, KJ Allen got a lot of burn in this one. Played 19 minutes, played pretty good. Uh, played pretty good offensively. Um, played pretty great rebounder, elite rebounder. Defense still a little bit to be worked on, especially on the perimeter. Got a kind of got got a uh, got flat foot. It's a little, a little hard bit. for him to move laterally. Ankles, sna- ankles, ankles almost snatched a couple <laughs> times. I was like, ah, Nigel, don't don't put him in a pack. You know, There's a lot to move. Uh, <laughs> Ken's a gather. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, yeah, no, it's just, but but I, it is good to see KJ Allen out there, especially when you see both KJ and Buzo out there. It's it's kind of like a sign of things to come. Maybe not this year, but at least in the future. Second Bacho comes back, I, I think. Well, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, will we see more of KJ?" Probably not. Once once Bacho comes back, we won't see him. But I will say, elite rebounder had eight rebounds in this game and just in the nineteen minutes that he played, and that's the reason why he's getting the minutes that he's getting. So, uh, anything else you want to say about this game, Jeremy? Great finish. I, I mean, I did not step into the Twitter spaces. Uh, I got enough of the dribble down from Kinsey and Albie. <laughs> but I, I think that this is a win that you need late in the year. We got our butts handed to us by TCU, um, in my definition of it. And we didn't play our brand of basketball, but then we came back at home, senior night, sent the seniors out the right way. I mean, you saw how I mean everybody saw the cinematic everybody saw the celebration tweets like they don't care that it was 73-68 against 14-15 Kansas State like they don't care man they won they went undefeated at home that is a huge accomplishment first time since anybody have the year in the mind been a while in in, in Lubbock uh, first time in the USA first time in a number of seasons uh, for the Texas Tech men basketball team and yeah, it was just a really fun time, and I, I don't want to take anything away from that. I think that they battled back 
really well. And I think that if they continue to do so, we interject Kevin Kevin McCuller, who needs absolutely no motivation to battle, and Daniel Bacho, um, who I think is a a really substantial rim protector. Uh, This team is just... They're in a really good place right now, and we'll we'll see a little more against Oklahoma State, but like, really good place. Yeah, Kenzie, anything else you gotta say? I mean, I think we just we just kind of need to to take a step back from the cliff and be thankful because, like Jeremy said, this is a good thing to go through in in February, early March. A little bit of adversity. We've seen this team struggle a little bit with with closing games out, so I'm kind of glad to go through this. And also, we're not healthy. We're struggling a little bit. This is a game that we just we need to be happy to get because I know everybody's got their plan. They want to be a two seed. They want it to fall this way or that way. But like, let's just be happy. You know, I think if we if this is the situation you told us we were going to be in back in like April, we would have said, hell yeah, I'm all in. So let's just be thankful for what we have. You know, Brad, dub is a dub. Okay. <laughs> a dub is a dub. I don't know what. I think some people are being a little too uh a little too too wild with it. A dub is a dub. I don't care how we win these games as long as we're winning these games, right? Y'all for y'all forget the all the close games we had in 2019 and 2018. I don't care how we get these wins as long as we're getting them. And K, there's going to be plenty of teams like K-State in the NCAA tournament. Though K-State's not going to be there. I'm going to be there cuz they play in Big 12. K-State plays in any other conference they're in. Right? And so we're going to play plenty of teams like K-State all the way up to the Sweet 16. Hell, maybe even the Elite Eight that are just the same level. So a dub is a dub, and I am happy to see it. Um, and so we will see if that joy continues in Stillwater this Saturday, last regular season game of the year against the Oklahoma State Cowboys, which is the worst team in the conference. That is the case, I, I believe. Are they the worst team on the, according to standings? I know they have the worst record overall. Um, but one of the, so let me say just one of the worst teams in the conference. Actually, no, yeah, there's hell. They are tied with yeah. West Virginia's the worst team in the conference. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that correction. Uh, Oklahoma State is seven and ten in the year. This is a team that everybody would be the worst team in the conference. They're seven and ten in conference, right? This is a decent team. This is a decent team. What is their your first reaction when looking at this team, Jenny? Uh I'm never comfortable playing Oklahoma State, and I'll tell you why. Ever since we were having that grand. Uh, run and then we went to Stillwater and like nobody showed up to the game because it was snowing and then we got the brakes beat off of us. I realized, okay, Boynton is a serious coach <laughs> and <laughs> it just ain't easy playing in Stillwater. I don't care if no, nobody has to be there for them to be good, right? Um, and so they'll have more people show up on Saturday for sure. Although I hear that there's a substantial party of Red Raiders going, uh, which is just sweet to see as you kind of finish out the year strong for the Red Raiders. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as like Oklahoma State goes, it's such an interesting uh, situation, right? Because they they're not going to the tournament, which is that's that's its own thing. Um, but like, and they they have nothing to play for, right? But at the same time, they have everything to play for because it's the last time they're going to play in, in like the regular season. So, you know, it's just like what kind of energy are they going to bring to the court on Saturday is what worries me. Like, it's not going to be it's not an easy win in my mind for sure. Especially since they just kept Iowa State to under 40 points. <laughs> They're still ready to play. N- nobody, no coach is better at playing the no one respects his card and having his team believe it than Mike Boynton is in Oklahoma State. Every single game, his team's like, you know what? You're right. Nobody thinks we can beat Prairie View. We're going to show them. 
<laughs> like he does a great job of, like doing that. He galvanizes that team. That team is ready to fight every game. I've been, you know, you know me, Jeremy. I've been on the Mike Boynton bandwagon for years now, and so that's that's uh, uh I think he's I think he's probably the most underrated coach in the country, or one of the most underrated coaches in the country. And he's gonna have his team ready to play because, mind you, for Oklahoma State, this is their this is. I mean, they're gonna have the Big Twelve tournament. This is one of the last games of the season they're gonna have. Not only are they not gonna go to the NCAA tournament. They're also, and they would, if it not for the, the the ban, postseason ban, they would have had a shot at the NIT. They're not going to be able to go there either, right? So NIT, CBI, doesn't matter. These are what the, some of the last games that they're going to have. And what better way, if you're Mike Boynton and the Oklahoma State Cowboys, than beating a 12th-ranked team in the nation to, to end your season? Like, that is, this is their, this is their Super Bowl. I'm not saying it in the weird you know, douchey way that Texas fans say it. I'm saying it more so in the, this is their way to end the season, a tumultuous season that started off because the NCAA screwed them to really like go out on a bang, especially after showing what they were capable of in Ames just recently. Uh, Kenzie, what do you think? Here's why this is an important game because I mean, conference tournaments are just weird. You never know if you're just not going to have the energy, if you're just going to bomb out, you just, you never know. I mean, the, the Final Four team fell out against West Virginia, a terrible West Virginia team. So you just never know. This is a quietly, a sneaky, important game because the teams that are kind of sitting in and around our seed line, like Purdue and Tennessee and Providence and UCLA, those are teams that can go on deep conference tourney runs and can make up a lot of ground really quick on us. So to go out losing two games in a row would be a little bit dangerous for this team, in my opinion. A little bit dangerous. So... I think this is an important game for them to show up, not only to, you know, just kind of keep keep the equilibrium a little bit. That's twice for equilibrium, thank you. But also just kind of just build this momentum that they kind of need to get back from early February. I think there's a lot kind of riding on this game that I want to see pan out for this team. So I'll, I'm not going to lie, before the TCU game... <laughs> When it came to when we had Texas, we had at Texas, we had at TCU, at Oklahoma State. The game that scared me the most of those last three road games was Oklahoma State. Now TCU ended up beating us, and so that tells you <laughs> a little bit about what we thought about TCU a little bit ago. But um, Oklahoma State has scared me for a little bit because kind of one thing is what I've already said as far as how dangerous they are, but also like not only everything, not only just what I've said is I think the crowd's going to be there, right? Like the Road Raiders will show up, and and, that, and thank God for them. But Oklahoma State has a fan base. I, I know we like to talk about them, and I say they don't. They are one of the historic teams of the 90s, the 2000s. They've always shown up, the 80s, 70s. They've always shown up. They've always supported this team, no matter no matter how good or bad the team has been. And I think, especially, again, against the 12th-ranked team in the country, TC rushed the court against us. We are at that level now where teams are like, oh, we play in Texas Tech. We got to show up. We're, that's the type of team that we are currently. And I think fans are going to show up in Stillwater as well. And that, that these these players are going to be ready to play this game. So I'm a little, I, I ain't going to lie to you. I, I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm a little worried about it. Uh, like I said, Boyden's going to have these guys ready to play. And we still don't know if McCullough or Bacho is actually going to play in this game. Bacho didn't even warm up in the last game. And, and I think McCullough is off crutches. Last night last I, I heard about him. But that doesn't mean he's going to play. So it's, it's definitely a... Uh, definitely interesting. So, Kenzie, uh, who is the one person that you think needs to really show up for Texas Tech to be able to get a dub in this game? I mean, I'd really like to see some auxiliary points out of Kevin O'Banner. I think it was a really – I'm not sure what happened. Dylan was talking about it in the chat and against Kansas State. We were just kind of like, 
where is this guy? Like, why is he not in the game? And, you know, he's hit or miss sometimes with the points, but like immediately after he came back in late in that Kansas State game, he got an important offensive rebound and a putback. That's what Kevin O'Banner can provide for this team that, you know, the other guys hustle. Adonis Arms can do it. Marcus Santos Silva can do it. But Kevin O'Banner, there's a lot of dimensions to his game that are important. And I think him getting these good minutes, him getting into a little bit of a flow and getting some points going will be really important for this team come come the tournament. I think one thing about Kevin O'Banner is, is that and he only put up three points in this game. But um, whenever O'Banner's not O'Banner tries to be the three points of on, he tries to be that sharpshooter, tries to be. You know, the JJ a little bit, JJ Redick a little bit of, hey, I'm open on the three, give it to me. I'm going to pull that trigger. Right? I think he does it better than anybody else. Sometimes I'm begging other players to shoot and pull the trigger. O'Banna doesn't have that problem. He'll pull it. Uh, but whenever, I think K-State, and a couple teams have done this recently, of is, hey, if O'Banna's on the three-point line, cover him. Don't let him get the ball because he's going to pull the trigger. You watch film, you see that. He pulls the trigger pretty quickly. So I think K-State did a good job of, of really blocking him from even touching the ball. I, in my opinion, when O'Banner has that, you notice that early on, he needs to go to do what, Kenzie, what you just said, and I'm not going to be a three-point shooter. I'm going to go to my, my, my second-best skill, which is rebounding. I'm going to be that guy in the middle and be the – in my opinion, I, I, I think he's our best rebounder on the team. I think he is our best – like just natural a skill set of rebounding, and it is a skill. Being tall isn't enough to just get good rebounds. It's a skill of rebounding and knowing how to get the ball to the highest point. And I would argue that O'Banner is our best rebounder on this team when he's down low getting rebounds, not when he's on the perimeter. When he's on the, If he's making them, well, stay on the perimeter. Make as many threes as you can. But whenever they're either getting denied the ball or not making them, go inside. And, we, and like you said, Kenzie, late in the game – that rebound was huge, and you could argue it won us the game there. Uh, Jeremy, and who, who you got? You know, I'm going to come back to Terrence Shannon. Um, <clears throat> a couple of games ago, I talked about how he was going to be my player to step up towards the end of the conference season here. Uh, and I think last week I picked, or last game I picked Santos Silva. I can't remember. Um, and he didn't really do much last game, which stinks. And so I want to go back to Terrence Shannon because I think Oklahoma State's a really good team to get prepared, uh, just to like prepare kind of a well-rounded game, right? Because I think Oklahoma State plays pretty defense, a uh, pretty decent defense, and Terrence Shannon can definitely work on a lot of his approach, his like aggressive approach to the basket against a team like this. But also, Oklahoma State's got shooters. I mean, they've got a really, co- they've got like a trio of guards who are really good at shooting the ball, and Anderson and Thompson and Bryce Williams, and you can never count out uh, Isaac, um, like Keekly. How is it? It's just likely, right? Likely, likely, yeah. Likely. Like, uh, like, uh, like uh, the other K, man. I get it, bro. The, we we, we've been talking about effect. Isaac Likely for like, we've been talking about him for like three, four years now, Jeremy. I know. I <laughs> chucked half a yingling. I'm out. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's a really good team to practice offense again, but it's also especially a good team to practice for the entire Texas Tech de- uh, off- defense to practice their switches and like practice being good guards, like good lateral guard movements, stuff like that, or guarding movement, excuse me, uh, because Oklahoma State's got a bunch of people that can shoot the ball. I don't think they're going to be running it through one person in this game. And so it's going to be a great opportunity for us to like guard multiple shooters, which seems to be the trend um, of teams playing Texas Tech is like, okay, this guy's obvious our star. Somebody else, somebody else is going to show up though. And so I think it's just a really good opportunity as a whole. I just want to see Terrence Shannon again, 
I said a couple of games ago, need him to step into that role. If he's going to like be the star, he needs to step into that role and, and kind of command that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, you know, the guys, I, I did this for the women and I forgot to do this for the men last time. So the guy I'm going to say need to be the player of the game in the last regular season game, potentially of their career is Kevin O'Banner, Marcus Santos Silva, Adonis Arms, Davion, Wayne, Davion Warren, and Bryson Williams. All five of the seniors. This will be their last regular season game of their careers. Maybe not for Kevin O'Banner, but at least for the other four, the last regular season games they're ever going to play. And I hope they show out. I hope they ball out in this game. Um, I'm doing it now because I did forget to do it before senior night, uh, which was absolutely fantastic. RIP Louis. Great to see his picture. Marcus Santos Silva bringing him out there. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I am happy – and I, I, or I hope that the seniors really show out in this game. Who knows? I, you know, the guy I'm going to say, actually, to be more specific, Davion Warren, three three games in a row. I think he's finding his stride. I think he gets to that mid-range and starts getting the buck, the easy buckets that are right there available to him. And I, he's in my, he's a better mid-range shooter than he is a three-point shooter, right? And so you ain't got to shoot the threes. Just go in a little bit more and hit the mid-range, right? People, people seem to think that analytics is this – buzzword that means that everybody has to shoot as many threes as possible. Now analytics just tells you that if you're better at shooting twos and threes, shoot the twos. But if you're if you're okay at both, then shoot a three. That's all it tells you. And David Warren is just a little bit from what I've seen, a little bit better at the mid-range than he is a three-point shot. So hit those middies, baby. <laughs> um last up, give me a prediction, Jeremy. So first time out as a review, we if well actually first time out was a postponed. Um and then whenever they came to Lubbock, it was an absolute smackdown. We beat them 78-57. I think that Oklahoma State's in a little bit better position chemistry-wise and everything. Um, kind of tired of losing, I guess, there at the end of the season. Uh, and I think that they'll have a much better game. Likewise, I think we'll get. A lot, I think we'll have a pretty good offensive game, but just maybe not that good um, because we're going to be missing. Probably going to be missing Bacho, and no idea on McCullough's status. So for me, I think that we get the win, but I think it's. Like 72 65. I think it's much closer. Jeremy looks at the score of the last game every single time from now on. Panic. <laughs> he will not, he will will not, not get got ever again. <laughs> Kenzie, what's your prediction? I feel like this is going to be kind of one of those first to, to X number is going to win the game. And based on how they played defensively against Iowa State, that could that number could be like a 60 or a 65 first to 60 or 65 wins i don't know about this one i i really don't know about this one this is going to be a difficult game like albie said i think it's going to be super close i think it's going to depend on who steps up for texas tech i think if davion warren has a big night if kevin o'banner breaks out of a shell a little bit i think they're going to be the ones to pull it off that's actually what i'm going to go with i think they're going to be the ones to step up they're going to pull this game off, and I'm going to go, like, 65-59. See, I both got defensive battles. Both of y'all, defensive battles. So, I will say this. Ain't no shame in my game. I absolutely look at uh, uh, what the pass points are and just go off of that. And I'm going to say this. Tech averages 73 points a game. Oklahoma State averages 69 points a game. Tech wins 73-69. to 69. <laughs> Ain't no shame in my game, baby. That's, that's how Another I'm average that's game how I'm from Albie Shore. 
Hey, that's how I'm rocking, okay? I, I have no shame. And I, I would I will make my prediction just like that. So um yeah, no, I, I actually think this is gonna be a little bit more high scoring, right? I, Oklahoma State has has the tools in place to be able to, especially lately, they well, I say lately. Actually, the last game was was more defense than anything. Holding I would say to that small amount is pretty incredible. But usually they get points, they get buckets. I mean, you you brought up Isaac likely a little or earlier in the in the in the podcast episode, and he's I mean he's a guy that easily could have been a Red Raider. Actually, if you remember a few years ago, I personally thought he was going to be a Red Raider, so he'll be out there. But also, we're forgetting about Anderson and Thompson and Williams. They're 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 guard three of tri- or triage trio. Right, those guys have been absolutely absolutely big for them in this game in uh, for Oklahoma State. So I um, yeah, I think I think points are going to be scored. Uh, I think points are going to be scored. So. Uh, but Tech wins 73 to 69. So we got a sweep. We got everybody thinks, all of us here think Tech will win this game right off into the sunset and be good to go. Um, but for us, I mean, this is our 100th episode. We hope to ride off into the sunset some more. We hope to have 200 episodes, 500 episodes, 1,000 episodes. We thank you so very much for rocking with us. Uh, I mean, Kenzie, what in the first 100 episodes, what has been your favorite favorite moment or just favorite thing that, to, to do when it comes to uh, – uh, working with uh, TNT here. I think there's been a lot of favorite moments. I mean, obviously, I skew more towards the the women's side of the sport, but I mean, the Tony Greystone interview was really huge. But I think at the end of the day, when I have to pick my favorite moment, it comes back to Albie and that volleyball prediction. And listen, in the moment, it, w- it was just Albie being Albie. You know, it was just Albie being Albie. But that's kind of, uh, you know, opened a door for us to have a, a great relationship with the volleyball program. And, you know, we're lucky to have that. And it, it was a it was a hilarious moment. But B, it was a relationship builder, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely pumped about because, you know, I love and respect the programs at Texas Tech, uh, these women, pro- women's programs. But that was hands down my favorite moment, I think. I'll say this. I they've been fantastic sports. And they the main thing about it and what made it such a great moment is they shut me the hell up literally from the moment <laughs> I made that comment. They they they've shut me the hell up. They went to the NCAA tournament. They played fantastic for the rest of the season. And that's the key. Like it's not just the fact that I made the comment, is they they had to do it, do it too. Volleyball team had to show up and say, like, all right, ah, right, you talking mess, we got you. And so that was that was uh, that was absolutely great, Jeremy. What's so um, we already talked? Kenzie brought up the Greystone interview, which you did an absolutely fantastic job of both getting the interview and and uh, interviewing him. Um, you got anything else for you? I think Kenzie kind of hit it on the head. For me, it's been just relationship building. Uh, in the time that we've been doing this podcast, I've gotten more phone numbers from like important people in my mind. Uh, I've gotten more conversations with people I never thought I would. And that's just been really kind of life-giving for me to see just the growth of legitimacy. Word of the day is legitimacy. Um, the legitimacy of like this podcast and just what we're doing. Like I really appreciate, I think everybody brings something special and good to the table. And I think all of us working together, first of all, uh, we all like each other as far as I know. And that's pretty big. Um, but like it shows to other people and I get good reviews from people that I know that have started listening to us or have listened to us in the previous days and be like, Hey, your stuff is really great now. Um, and it's just been really exciting to see kind of like the relationships that this podcast has brought me personally. And I know through this, like, you know, what more is going to be happening in the future. And so that's just been really sweet to see. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, for me, it's, if you know me, if, if anybody listening to this knows me personally, I am, I like to talk about risks, but I don't really take them in my, in my uh, personal life, right? Like I, I used to, I used to work for the Houston Dynamo years and years ago. Um, great job. Love the job. Didn't pay very well. Never and does. I, you know, so I went for the, I went for the boring job that made the money, right? And I, and I usually, I am not much of a risk taker. I don't gamble that much. Right. I don't uh, I sports bet. But when I sports bet, it's like a dollar or two, five <laughs> bucks. I think the most I've ever sports bet on one thing is like 15 bucks. And that was like really going out on a limb. Right. And so um, uh, it, it's the going independent with this podcast was kind of going out on a limb. And it was something we were doing for fun anyway. But really going away from SB Nation, saying this is something that I really want to carry on. Right. And this is even before we were able to bring someone like Kenzie is fantastic on. It was me, Jeremy and Dylan. We were kind of in a conversation as far as what we wanted to do with the podcast. The fact that we wanted to no longer have be under that explanation umbrella. And we wanted to kind of go out on our own and, and do our own thing. And, and, you know, I think, I think God's put us in a place that where we can really reach, reach the heights that we, we, uh, we have here. Right. We, I think that we have done incredible. I mean, I will say this, I think bringing Kenzie on is the best decision any of us yeah. have made. Period. We wouldn't have like, been here, man, podcast, for sure. We absolutely, that's the best decision we have made is adding Kenzie to our group. Um, she has been an absolute rock star. She's been fantastic and she seamlessly fit in. And it's really, it's really has been the four of us here. Um, so I am hundred episodes in so much. I mean, talk about, we had a, a couple hundred on the air raid podcast previously, but this has uh, been a, the funnest hundred episodes that we've had. Um, I don't even think we celebrated the hundred episodes with ARP <laughs> to be honest, but um yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great. A lot of exciting things coming up in the future that we already know about. A lot of great, incredible, exciting things. Uh, please be on the lookout for that because it's, it's, uh, it's big. It's pretty big stuff coming up. So it's, <laughs> it's lit. <laughs> so as real true Red Raiders, there's only one thing we can do to end this podcast. I mean, we wouldn't be real Red Raiders if you we were, even though, Jim, you've already damn near done I just could help myself. <laughs> um, we are going to down our drink. We've been sipping on a little bit. We got, we got down it. You go down the rest of the bottle? Absolutely not. I'm already like three-fourths through this <laughs> bottle, so might as well try. Like, I got working for oh. <laughs> I got I, All right, so we are going to down this to end the pod. So uh, as we down this, I'm going to sign off. All right, so from Miss Girl Power herself, Kenzie Garcia, from the People's Champ, Jeremy Gillen, and from our producer extraordinaire, Dylan Smythe, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, 100th episode. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.